We are here to bring you this important announcement. The Decibel Geek podcast has been canceled this week. It has? It has. Sort of. Well, we're sitting in an empty studio. We are. Bare all that walls. It's all bare walls. we got a laptop on the floor. We've got two <laughs> microphones and a soundboard, and that's basically all that's in here. Yeah. You know, when I was a little kid, my mama sat me on her knee. She told me, boy, you listen, there's a lot you ought to see. That sounds familiar. Living in the suburbs, it's bound to tie you down. You'll miss a lot of concerts if you don't move close to town. And I took those words, and I'm, I'm moving into town. That's what she told you. That's what she told me, and I got all the, she's right. You know, I thought about it long and hard all these years, and I'm like, here we are living out in Laverne, Tennessee, yeah. when, you know, Ace is off to college now, and it's just me and the wife, and it's it's time to get a little closer back into the city, back into Music City, so I don't miss all these awesome concerts and stuff all the time. All right. Besides, I got a new job that's right downtown, so, you know, it's all going to work out better, but... We're going to definitely miss the Decibel Geek studio for sure. Yeah, this tonight's the last night we're in this studio, yeah. and uh, a lot of cool memories in this place. Yep, a lot of awesome people have sat in here with yep. us and told us all kinds of great stories, but yeah, it's kind of it's kind of <laughs> bittersweet. You know, it's it's always the great memories in here and everything, but it's it's kind of sad to see it this way. Yeah, it's a little sad. I'm excited for the new place. Yep. So we didn't really have time to do a show this week, right. but we got some really cool stuff going on, and we want to give you guys a sample of what our special VIPs have been getting, the Torpedo Dudes. Now, last week we had Greg Troyan on the show with us to do our Thin Lizzy discussion, and he was awesome, he man. Was great. We had so much fun with him. We did. And laughed and had a great time, mm -hmm. but, man, when the three of us are cutting up about Kiss... It's hilarious. Yeah, it, I think that's the one I'm most proud of. Yeah, the episode we've done. So the one you're going to hear today is actually Torpedo Dudes number seven, right? right. Yep. So there's six other ones that are there available to you now. If you want to become a Decibel Geek VIP, mm -hmm. you can go to Patreon.com and look up Decibel Geek, and then pick your level of commitment. And there's all kinds of different things you can get in Torpedo Dudes. Is just one of them. Yeah. And so we thought this week would be a good way to give you, you know, a way we still give you some fresh material and uh, you get an episode and you get to see kind of what you're missing if you're not signed up. Right. So I know you've got Rock and Pod Expo announcements. I do. Do you, do you want to wait till after Torpedo Dudes or do you want to talk about it right now? Uh, let's do it after. I think okay. I like that idea. All right. So then I guess we'll just get right into it. So this is the latest edition of Torpedo Dudes that our VIPs on Patreon get on a normal basis. So if you want to get in on this, like I said, go to Patreon, become a Decibel Geek VIP. Mm -hmm. And so for your listening pleasure, <laughs> for the KISS fans, enjoy this week's episode of the Torpedo Dudes. dudes here we are what's up howdy we got a guest tonight we got greg he's going to be appearing on the decibel geek podcast with us and we're going to be talking about thin lizzy but we thought let's talk to greg about kiss because greg's a young dude and he loves kiss i mean you know i'm i'm on the verge of not being young anymore <laughs> so i'm i'm You're younger than us I, i'm still i'm still in my 20s so i'm like i'm on the fence like oh he's just about to be old right but okay. not not quite yet i'm still what what peter chris was what 29 when he was the first kiss album was he 27 something like that i think so yeah so late 20s so i'm uh Short Italian, I have a huge penis with a nickname, so oh same age. Uh, so basically, I'm just the Peter Chris of this room. Nice. Well, shit, it should be a matter of time then. <laughs> right. So you should threaten to quit any time. I, 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 yes, I'm going to quit this podcast. I'm going to shoot up this room with he's a gonna, shotgun. He's going to go inside. Do all the cocaine. The he's going to go in the house. He's going to shoot my TV, and then he's going to storm out. Right. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, 
you know, this is definitely interesting as a uh, as a Patreon donor to uh, like listen to the be a part of the show. I donate to receive. Nice. It's like this like Inception thing happening here. I'm kind of digging <laughs> it. <laughs> it's like it's like I'm listening to the episode in the future right. now. now. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to wait for this one. You get to be a part of it. Yeah, so like I'm I'm in your guys' house, so I don't know how you want to run this torpedo dudes episode. So, well, when did you first discover Kiss, and how old were you? Uh, I was 14 when I discovered Kiss. Saw them on the Rock the Nation tour. Wow. That was my first tour. So I started with Tommy and Eric, and I thought it was Ace and Peter. Yeah, and my dad said, "Look, it's Ace and Peter." And he and didn't know. He didn't know either. Oh wow! So fooled everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I was mad, but you know, I didn't really care because it was about the experience. It was right. fun. Yeah. But when people say, you know, are people mixing them up for Ace and Peter? I'm like, yeah, yeah, they are. So when your dad, your dad comes to you and says, "Hey, I'm going to take you to see Kiss," you'd never even heard of them before. I, you I'd don't like even know. I'd seen the pictures. Yeah. So, um, by the way, Chris, I'm not looking at you because it's way easier to talk into the mic when I just stare at Aaron's bad. beautiful it's eyes. I'm used to being ignored. It's fine. Right, but but I, I, I still I still I still love you dearly. Oh, I love you too. Ah, shucks. Uh, but I was actually supposed to go with my aunt. She was like a huge Kiss fan, and then she got really sick the day of. So then my dad went with me instead, and he was like a kind of casual fan. Like he had rock and roll over. I saw the record in the house. Yeah, and um. I wasn't really into music as a kid, so like they got me Kiss action figures when I was younger, and I'm just like, I don't. This is I don't. I don't. I guess I'll play with them, but I don't really care or know who these guys are. They're kind of cool, I guess. Mm. And then I saw Kiss live, and I was just blown away instantly. For the first song, I was infatuated by Gene Simmons because he was like the cool one, the demon with the tongue. And then after I got through the entire show, I'm like, you know, this Paul guy's way better. And, and never went back. <laughs> Does a lot of work it, yeah. So Paul's still your guy to this day? I mean, Peter's like my guy, but like the guy where I wouldn't want to work with him because I worked with a stupid Italian drummer before, so I, I, completely, <laughs> oh, man. I, I completely get. Like, I've worked with all... The views all- and opinions expressed by Greg today not necessarily those of Dustin. But the thing is, I've worked with the different personality types in Kiss, so I respect... Paul the most, but I kind of acknowledge that I'm like Gene in a lot of ways I don't want to be. Uh, Like, okay, I start a million projects and don't finish them uh, nearly as well as I should, and I'm a bit of a sex addict. Okay, so there's the Gene thing. Uh, But I run things a lot like a Paul. I kind of uh, have a bit more cohesive vision like a Paul, but I've worked with drugged up guitar players. I've worked with uh, guitar players that insist on shredding all the time and then threatening me with legal action over the smallest thing. All right, so, so you got your ace, you got your Vinny. I've got my yeah, Vinny. Yeah. I um, had like plenty of guys who were in the band for like a day and quit, so I've had several Mark St. John's. <laughs> Did any of them have a hand that swole up really bad? Uh, actually, yes. Uh, <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally forgot about that guy. Uh, yeah, and most, most people do. I, 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 I had a, oh, oh, wow. I, I had a guy who was really bad with stage present, just, just to, like, I have to stand still and pray, play it properly. There's your Bruce. I had the uh, Bruce. Yeah. And I've had, like, you know, the really professional, like, hired gun drummers, like, just pay me and I'll do the gig perfectly. There you go. So, There's your Eric Singer. Um, I, I haven't had any band members die on me, so, yeah, well, that's, that's, good. so that's that's good. But um, yeah, everything else is kind of spinal tapish, but that's good. But yeah, so like when I hear Gene and Paul talk about like, man, those guys are dicks. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I kind of get it. I still love Peter's music, and he's still my dude. But also. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be in a band with him either. I'd rather, I'd rather be in a band with these sober dudes who are really competent and show up on time and that, play the yeah. parts well. That makes it easier. That's a good perspective. You know, people don't think about that sometimes. No. It, is, it is a job for those guys, after right? All. Yeah, try try forming a band with a stupid Italian drummer and a <laughs> guitarist. See how much fun you have. Again, the views and opinions expressed by Greg Troy today. <laughs> Funny as they may be. <laughs> and look, I'm going to say... Give credit, you know, uh, Peter, he, he wrote a book with the help of a friend, so, uh, he, you know, I'm sure he is able to read at this point in his life, so good for him. Oh, man. <laughs> Ace wrote a book with the help of many, many friends. Yeah. <laughs> and look, Ace is clean and sober. That's awesome. And good for him, and he's playing with, you know, our buddies, you know, Phil and Jeremy yeah. and Ryan and those dudes. So, I mean, I've got, I've got a, love for th- a lot of love for those guys, so 
I crack jokes, but I love Kiss. They're one of my favorite bands. Totally. I wouldn't have bought all the damn CDs of it and like the band as much as I do. So there's, you know, I crack jokes, but I love them. But, you know, by that same token, like, I totally get Regina and Paul are coming from. That's totally valid. Yeah, it makes sense. It totally is valid. But you're the kind of Kiss fan we like to hang out with because it's like if, you, if you're able to poke fun at them, then I'm cool with you. It's just the ones that are like... Lap up every single thing they serve up, and then like it's like it's, that. That drives me up the wall. The the fans who will just blow any member of Kiss at any given time for anything <laughs> they do. I'm noticing that a lot. And the, look like, tour and, and it's not even thing. '80s Paul Stanley when he was hot, and you could question your sexuality. Like ah shit, <laughs> you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> Like well, they're, normally they're, I wouldn't, but you are the star child. You are, you are the star child, and you you got those sweet abs and that blue thong on the I crazy night. So. God, I'm gonna hate Kiss by the end of this. I mean that. I mean that's my goal is just be completely self aware about Kiss and convince you to hate them by the end of the episode. Maybe Cisco was singing about Paul Stanley. I think so. Well, Desmond Child wrote the song. Yeah. We don't see and Desmond it Child the, did write with Francisco. Just, yeah, we yeah. just connected I mean, some dots there. I think. So, it, so Kiss is my fourth favorite band. Where do, where do they rank in your personal rankings They're of favorite bands? They're still number one for me. So I mean, you're going to acknowledge your favorite band is the band that wrote Bang Bang You, right? Yeah. <laughs> where do they rank for you, Aaron? For me, I mean, I wouldn't blow them. But I'm an Ace Frehley guy, you know? I mean, Ace Frehley would bro- blow you, though, so it's okay. Last of all, I don't know. <laughs> Just ask Peter Crook. Yeah. <laughs> There'd be no question who blew who first. <laughs> uh, K- Kiss is still... I think I don't know that they'll ever be unseated as my number one. They're just they're too ingrained in my DNA at this point. Yeah, they, yeah. Like, they are a band... I was actually thinking about this earlier today, how... I really want a psychologist to do a documentary on Kiss because I, I love Kiss. They're a great band, but they have like such a stranglehold on the psyche of their fans where it's uh, a little bit frightening. Sometimes, yeah. A little. Actually, very frightening. Like I was, I was with a, I was with a friend at a club one time, and we were both in the bathroom together. And he just asked me, like, "Hey, man, so what Kiss song do you think about when you pee?" And the thing is, I can't stop the rain. But and the. <laughs> but here's the <laughs> so so the answer was deuce. Oh, well, that's when you're taking a well, shit. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I've it's talked, I've I've since talked with a number of Kiss fans. Like, yeah, of course I think about Kiss when I pee, and it's just like frightening how much like Kiss is on the mind all the time for people. Oh, Chris, man. be honest. Oh, I'm I'm being honest. Do you, do you think about Kiss when you pee? At times, I'm sure. <laughs> I guess at times I probably am too. <laughs> I'm I'm using my love gun. I have to think about them. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, for me, I found like I relax more if I'm thinking about a song when peeing. So like, Deuce just like it chills me so out. Instead of thinking about baseball, you're thinking about Kiss. Right. I'm thinking about Kiss. <laughs> when I want to think of something incredibly unsexy to make my penis yeah. limp, Gene Simmons right, right away. Yeah. Especially the sex tape. Uh, that T-shirt. <laughs> Socks. <laughs> I love that on Kiss message boards, when that tape came out, people started nicknaming Gene Socks. <laughs> so we should say some some nice things about uh, Kiss. How do we how do we derail this into positivity? Well, this is why we do Torpedo Dudes, so no, we can uh, we can continue talking about them in any fashion we want. And th- this is what you you get what you pay for, people. <laughs> <laughs> This is worth, worth your dollar. Worth a dollar a month. <laughs> this is your dollar. Oh, man. Oh, man. We've only been going 10 minutes. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, I, you said you wanted to go into my history. Did you have any other questions? Uh, so then, I mean, where does it go from there? You see Kiss, you're blown away. I mean, how does it consume you at that you point? You buying and, everything? And what's, yeah. Yeah, well, so, I mean, look, so the thing to remember is, like, I had basically no knowledge of music before this show. I had one CD, and it was a Queen CD. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, you know, I, I liked the Beatles, and I liked Queen and Michael Jackson, but I wasn't really a music fan. Okay. Which so, Queen album? Uh, it was Queen Greatest Hits 3, because it was the only CD I could find that had Princes of the Universe on it. I, <laughs> the Highland. Song. Yeah, I, well, I there was um, there's this thing called anime music videos right. where like people take a, a you know a, 
a song, usually a shitty like Linkin Park song, uh-huh. and uh, then like you know make a music video to an anime. And so uh-huh. I saw it, uh, Dragon Ball Z, which is all just like dudes fighting all the time. And so it was Prince of the Universe. Like this song is sweet. I need to buy a CD of this band immediately. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, but didn't really like music until the Kiss show, where then it clicked with me. I'm like, whoa, music can be cool because I grew up in the '90s, so it was like grunge and boy bands. And so I was like, man, music is really shitty and terrible. I don't understand why anyone would want to pick up a guitar or make music, because I assumed boy bands and grunge was everything. Right, yeah. And so then I discovered Kiss, and I checked out some Poison songs, because they played at the show too, and then just went down the rabbit hole where I'm like, I need to learn about music, because I knew all my friends, they were all into bands. I'm like, man, I don't know shit. I got to like do some research. So I'm like, who are these Deep Purple guys? Oh, Who's nice. this Dio cat? Yeah. Who's Rat? And just like went through and checked out a bunch of bands and you know got the entire Kiss catalog slowly, watched uh, it spo- uh, sorry, uh, it streamed close up and confidential religiously. Yeah, and yeah, so I really resonated with the Revenge lineup. That even mm. though the Tommy and Eric lineup was the first lineup I saw, the Revenge lineup felt like my Kiss lineup, yeah, that and that was too. the one I yeah. like gravitated towards and like you know became a huge Bruce Kula fan. I own Audio Dog. Yeah, nice. I, I own Audio <laughs> Dog and the Union albums. I even have the Japanese import of the Union album. I have both versions: one that wow, has like the nice. Beatles cover and one that has the song where Bruce sings. Like, yeah. like man, I I go I go deep with this band. Like, I mean. Yeah, they're, I went through the catalog and, you know, pretty much loved it all. Magic Bullet Theory, even. Oh, Mark St. John. Yeah, yeah like I... Good shredding on that. I mean, I've got, you know, some black and blue records. Like, I pretty much went deep into each band. I have, you know, John Beauvoir albums. Nice. So, like, I really enjoyed just the different personalities is what makes Kiss interesting for me. Right. If it was just the original four guys, I wouldn't be as interested. No. But when you have... So many branches. Yeah, so many branches. And, you know, I was just talking about this. We did a Crazy Nights episode for for the podcast I do, and we were talking about how great it was that Kiss brought the world Diane Warren and Desmond Child, like two great pop songwriters that Kiss pretty much introduced to the populace. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're right about that. So there's just so many... What did Desmond Child really do before Kiss other than his own stuff? Yeah, Yeah, and then I Was Made for Loving You was his breakout song. Yeah, that that set him in motion. And then Diane Warren with... uh, What'd she write for Crazy Turn on the Night? And yeah. Reason to Live, right? I don't know if she wrote Reason to Live. But no, I, I Desmond Child wrote that. Yeah. That, but she Turn on the Night, she did do. Yeah, and that was like one of her first big releases. Like it didn't do, it wasn't like a hit, she but it was had. still one of the first, you know, songs on a major release that she got to do. So Kiss was bringing up talented people left and right. So, yeah. so Kiss is to blame for the thong song. Yes. Yeah. I, the thong song is great. Who doesn't love the thong song? <laughs> It's nice having you on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you guys liked the party. Not with Cisco. <laughs> I, I think I'm at the wrong party. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I don't know. Some people would would blame Kiss for unleashing Desmond Child and Diane Warren onto the world. Yeah, but you know what? Do you really want to be friends with those people? I don't. I, I like all that stuff. <laughs> because, like, at the end of the day. We're really just listening to pop music. It's right. just pop music with rock and metal affectations. Mm. Kiss is basically a 60s pop band with heavy guitars. Oh, totally. Totally. You can hear so much Beatles in the Kiss over the years mm. in all that music. And even just watching them on stage, like Paul, like, you know, bopping his foot. Like, that's totally like an, a 60s pop move. Like, yeah. all the stage stuff. It's, it's overdone. Yeah. But you can see where they got it from. Eddie Cochran and. Yeah. Right. Yeah, a lot of that stuff. And that's a cool thing, too, because like the Beatles and Kiss was the personalities like you talked about the four distinct different guys in the band mm-hmm. and there haven't been a whole lot of bands that have ever been able to achieve that to have you know superstars within the band you know you had the Beatles did it mm-hmm. because everybody had their favorite Beatle mm-hmm. the Monkees cuz yeah. they were kind of like the Beatles the Eagles had all different members that mm-hmm. sang and played all their different instruments everybody had a favorite but other than that you know, there's a Kiss. there's a few others. Uh, I'd say Zeppelin. Sticks. Zeppelin. Yeah. Sticks. Sticks had the different singers because you had the the Dennis DeYoung, you had True. Tommy Shaw, you had James Young. But that's more of a fifty fifty split, I think. Yeah. Well, that was um. Pardon me. Sorry. That was that was that was three singers. So I'd say, but yeah, it was mostly split between Dennis and and Tommy for right. the most part. Yeah. You had the weird stuff and then the rock and stuff. Yeah. So with. 
you know, and it's 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 so hard to to replicate. One of my uh, original goals with Lipstick, the band that I front, was to have a like a Kiss type setup where each member wrote and sang. Like right. because my you know two of my favorite band my favorite band is the Beatles, and then Kiss is number four. So two of my you know top ten favorite bands have that same setup. Right. And so I thought it'd be really sweet if I got people who could sing and write and you had the different personalities. But the problem is not everybody has vision and not everyone has like, you know, the balls to get up there and sing and write their own songs. And so like, being in bands made me realize, like, what a miracle it was that Kiss existed in the first place. Right, true. Because, you know, trying to start a band with a completely original look and a sound that's distinct and different from what's going on, like, it's still commercially accessible, but it was definitely different. Like, the fact that they made that work is a miracle. Well, it's a matter, I think, of the stars aligning, literally. You know, mm-hmm. if you talk about within the band like that, you got four different superstars coming together and creating one thing, and they're cohesive in it. That's no, an amazing, like it's, you say, a magical It's kind It's of mind-blowing, because, you know, as someone who tried to, like, actually replicate that, where I said, I'm going to take a sound that's commercial, I'm going to tweak it slightly so it's something new that the the populace hasn't seen before. Like, trying to do something that's definitely rock, that's definitely recognizable as rock, mm. but just outside of the box enough where it's something original. And, try, and you know, trying to market something original is insanely difficult. Right. And, you know, it's been one of the problems with the band, and that's why we're actually changing the direction, because it might have been too hard to market because people didn't understand what it was. Right. And so the fact that Kiss had this original idea where, yes, they had the influences, but it was a wholly original thing. Yeah. And to have those songs on the first album that were just so great right out the back, like, you know, they don't get nearly enough credit for having their vision at the beginning. Like, yes, they, they grew and became better, but to be that visionary at the beginning of their career, I know they like to say, oh, we just sort of stumbled into it. No. No, I'm going to no. give them credit because they I wish more bands did what they do, where they took the time to rehearse and, like, you know, refine their sound and refine yeah. their image before they even played a single well, show. And I right. think some of that credit also should go to Sean Delaney and Bill Coyne. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, because of... Expecting more out of what they're promoting. Yeah. Especially Sean Delaney, because he came from that theatrical background and he knew he could he was watching for what things looked appealing while they're just in the middle of a... And they're in a loft, you know, barely making any money. But he'll see him sway back and forth a certain way. Nope, you need to do that, or you need to do this, or Gene, you shouldn't smile. You're a demon. You need to act like that. Like yeah. he was a great. I, don't, I hate to say puppet master, but he kind of was. Like he choreographed. Yeah, he was a choreographer, really, yeah. for the for the original <laughs> band. And well, and then Bill Coyne having the the money to to back them. Right. You know, it was it was a great team. They were going to pay them. you enough to stop your day jobs yeah. and just practice your asses off. So when the time does come. You're Ready. kicking ass right off the start. You know, it's no, there's no upswing, you know, no easing into it. You got to be firing at all well, like cylinders the, right at the beginning. The Coventry show that they had in the Kissology, like they were nobodies at the time, but they had their whole show pretty much yeah. down pat. Yeah, they did. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, it's no, it's like, and the thing is, the, the stuff that, you know, Sean Delaney taught Kiss is stuff that I think should be obvious for bands. But is is so counterintuitive, and so that's why it's it's so fascinating that it worked. Yeah. Because you know, trying to work with band members saying, "Hey, we should choreograph this part of the show," and then there's just you know the whole resistance to it. Yeah. But the thing is, you look at these huge bands that are super successful, like. They decided, hey, let's have a consistent image. Let's have a consistent sound. Let's refine the show. Like that's, you know, people say, oh, it's too rehearsed. Like whatever. Like it's a it's a good show. It's cool. You know, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of musical theater and, you know, having someone tighten up your act. I think having a tight stage show isn't a negative thing. It like it blows my mind when people like bitch about Kiss like, oh, they use pyro. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. They decided to make the show awesome. I'm sorry. Your shows suck. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah, being yeah, a fucking purist. Go to Bonnaroo or something, you know, <laughs> yeah. see some bands playing in a mud pit. And look, that's not to say I don't like a lot of those bands. Like, I think Springsteen's great, and I know there's a lot of, like, Kiss versus Springsteen, like, people like one or the other. I think there's room that's for true. both. But to have people, like, shit on Kiss for performing well is mind-boggling. Yeah. There's a place for all of it. You know, and as I'm listening to, I was listening to Revenge earlier today, and just how tight the musicianship is, and people saying yeah. that Kiss can't play. I'm like, yeah. are, are you are you nuts? Especially well, that, that's that the story about well. you, you know, telling the story about uh, playing a girl unplugged, and she thought, well, <laughs> yeah, my Kiss, girlfriend, Kiss, yeah. they suck. You know, no, no, listen to this, watch this. And she actually got angry because she's watching. We got through three songs, and she's just sort of sitting there stirring, and I'm like, what's wrong with you? She's like, it sounds good, damn it. She's yeah, like, a, so I have to admit, actually they're actually good. good. Yeah, she, I like. She was expecting for them to suck. Right. And, and the thing is, like, you know, uh, Paul Stanley is one of the great rock vocalists. Like, whether you like Kiss or don't like Kiss, you can't put on, let's say, like, I Will Be There from Carnival of Souls no, and can't say, that's a great vocal. Like you, you can't deny the power of Paul Stanley as a as a vocalist. Like the the range, the tonality, the emotion. Pre two thousand six. Yeah, back. Asterisk. Yeah, no pre pre two thousand six. And actually, that's something I consider myself super blessed and lucky because if I had seen Kiss a tour later, yeah, it would have been a different. I uh, might not have become a music fan. Right. Yeah. But wow. I saw them like was, the last the then. last tour he was able to sing and pull it off. Yeah. And I am so lucky because he was great on Rock the Nation. He still had it. I loved it. It was awesome. That was a tour I regret not going to see because I was still kind of bitter about the makeup thing. Yeah. And I skipped it. I and like, I didn't yeah, know why because I thought it was Ace and Peter. Yeah, but I, I knew it wasn't and I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to go. And I, I should have gone. Yeah, no, it was, it was life-changing. Was too. Yeah, they had a good set list on that tour. That's amazing. Yeah, because yeah, a year later difference would have made, could have made, you know. Right, because if not for that, I wouldn't be living in Nashville. I wouldn't have made the, you know, the friends I've made because most of my friends I've made through music and even like my other like entertainment industry friends, like voice actors and stuff. Mm-hmm. I met them because like, oh, my band was playing a convention. Oh, sweet, now I'm friends with this dude. So like, most of the people I've met in my life have because have been because of me gigging doing bands and you know lately doing the podcasting mm-hmm. so which i wouldn't have done if it wasn't just a cheap commercial for my band <laughs> so <laughs> but it all started with kiss right it all started with kiss and even though i love the beatles more on a visceral level the beatles were not enough to turn me into a music fan kiss turned me into a music fan and the, and a musician mm-hmm. and that is that is huge yeah. And so, I've heard that from a number of other right? musicians. Sure. Well, our friend Philip Schaus, that's what really kind of turned the switch on for him, was he he started playing along to Kiss Records as a young guitar player and was like, sure, I can actually like, play this stuff. I mean, even Dimebag Daryl, you yeah. know, you go all the way down the line with that. They're like, they're the greatest gateway drug for music fans. They really are. Oh, and yeah. just so many people, like, you know, Tom Morello, Billy Corgan, right. yeah. like yes. all kinds of musicians. It's not just the hair metal bros. No. That was always my favorite thing about the grunge movement. All the people was being able to stick it back them. in people's yeah. faces and be like, what are you talking about? Billy Corgan loves Kiss. You know? <laughs> right. That's great. Or uh, Mike McCready from Pearl Jam. You know? Yes. Giant Ace Fraley fan. Yeah. You know? But yeah, that's that was the 90s was kind of like when the worm started turning a little bit. Because yeah. in the late 80s, Aaron remembers it was not a not an easy time no. to be a Kiss fan, especially when they're putting out "Let's Put the X in Sex." Yeah, it's kind of like. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think that song is great. <laughs> but the, of course you do. But I, the thing, <laughs> the thing, in the top five worst. I'm, I'm, say. I'm imitating Baca when we, when we went over to your house. Every time that Greg would say something kind of weird, Baca would be like, "Of course you do." <laughs> but like, I it, admittedly like I love Kiss, but I have like a tongue-in-cheek sense of humor about a lot of you it. Where because yeah. like yeah. you, can, yeah, you end up if you don't have a tongue-in-cheek sense of humor about it, you end up on, on like Facebook groups of Vinnie Vincent. Full shred like that. <laughs> hey man it's bad it's not good yeah. but like you know i look read my body's a goofy song and i love it because it's goofy it makes me smile let's put the x and sex is goofy and it makes me smile because it's goofy like the what sillier you, it is what were you yelling at gene simmons that night to play oh, oh what was all kinds of stupid oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i think i was i i think i shot like all burn bitch snakes. burn <laughs> 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 
I was doing it. I was doing it with him, so I have to, I have to take some of the blame too. You know that maybe that's why two songs you know, under the he, rose. You know what? <laughs> and that might explain why he was a dick to me in the parking lot afterwards. Oh, did you meet him in the parking lot? Uh, I should maybe not talk about that. Right. It's only a handful of people that's going to hear this. Right. Uh, basically, just uh, yeah. Uh, Gene and I uh, had a little run-in, and he was. Uh, I was very polite. And he was not as polite, and I don't want to get more into it. Let's just say, in terms of uh, you know, meeting your heroes, it's probably the single most disappointing because oh, like I wasn't no. expecting him to be that mean. He was just not in the mood, huh? I mean, it wasn't listen, it wasn't in the mood. Listen to me, kid. When I come to your town and I play for free two songs, you don't stand out here in the crowd and yell. Play burn, bitch, burn. That's fair. But no, like, so the thing is, I actually decided to to leave the show early uh, just because I I felt, I, you know, I'm like, ah, eh, you know, I'm done. I've got work in the morning, whatever. And the thing is, I left the same time as Gene, so we crossed paths. And uh, so I was like, you know, hey. Play burn, bitch, burn. No, I, I said, I said uh, hey, man, you know, you, you did a really great set. Good job. And he said, thank you. And I was like. Uh, hey, uh, I don't mean to be a, a bother, but I know you've done A and R in the past. I happen to have a CD of mine oh, with you. Um, you pitched to him. I I, I did because I'm like, look, this is like my shot. Uh, sure, I don't not? blame you. Why not? Because I'm I'm a young and hungry musician trying to make it. I'm going to regret it if I don't. And this is, you know, he's done A and R work in the past, so it's not like it's completely out of um, reach. Right, uh, yeah, but then he not? just like strip just turned his back, wouldn't look at me, mm. and just wouldn't respond. I'm like, all right, sorry. You know, didn't mean to be rude. Walked away. But I was like, you know, I would have appreciated a polite no as opposed to just turn his back. But I get it. Yeah. You know, you, you know, probably gets approached with that kind of stuff a lot. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. And so, right. like, uh, and so the thing is, I'm still a huge Kiss fan. You know, he's obviously, he's been good to my buds. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, hate Gene Simmons for being rude to me once because he doesn't know who I am. He doesn't right. know my story. I understand, you know, he has his own thing. So it's disappointing for me. Uh, I would have preferred just being polite about it. But, I mean, I, I get it. But, you know, it's it's kind of a bummer. Maybe you should have told especially him since, much... Especially since his guitar player, Phil, played on the damn CD. Yeah. Oh, you should have told him that. Maybe you should tell him. You should have led with Check out the new Phil Shaw CD. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, maybe I should, have, I should have done that. And But, it's you know, it's a bummer. Especially considering, like, Phil was on the CD. Mm-hmm. He, like, played on two of the songs. Like, ah, oh, man, this hurts a little bit. But like, I get it. Like, I I, I, I get his perspective. Kudos for taking a shot. At yeah, Jordan, I, 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 I took a, I took a shot, and I was That's polite. Awesome. I was polite about it. Like, maybe there's a reason. Maybe his lawyers told him, "Do not ever take music from somebody," and because if you do. They can turn around and sue you and say you ripped off one of their songs. And I because he probably did. And I, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, too. <laughs> I, I get it. I'm still a Kiss fan. I haven't sold my CDs, but I'm going to be honest. It was it was a, a bit bummer. of a bummer that because a bummer. most of the my heroes that I've interacted with have been super cool and super supportive. Like right. Jim Steinman, uh, you guys know what a big Jim Steinman fan I yeah, am. Yeah. He's been nothing but supportive. Like my entire music career, like giving me like advice and feedback and been super mm-hmm. cool. And all the people in like the Jim Steinman camp, like Carla DeVito and Rory Dodd, just nice, nice, nice people. And so like, you know, these other heroes of mine that I've met and got to work with in some capacity, like the guys and stars, mm-hmm. like, right you know, they've, all been super cool and so to have like kiss like you know have that interaction i've I've had good interactions with paul and bruce and eric but to have like gene do that like given like what a big fan i am and like how much like stuff in the industry i've done with different people but he don't know that yeah he, he doesn't know that but i guess that's where the bummer is because like meeting these other people in the industry who are super cool and super supportive and then meeting someone who, you know, all right, having an off night, but it's still a bummer. Yeah. yeah. If you had said how much you love Silent Rage, maybe he would. <laughs> I'm like, I really love really Silent Rage. what you did for them. I, love I think it. you could do the same for us. Las Neto rules. <laughs> Will you please listen to my cover of House of a Thousand Pleasures? If you could only get us to EZO levels, yeah. right. we would be satisfied. We'd be happy with I'm going to be honest. I'd be, I'd be satisfied if I was at EZO yeah. level because that's a fucking great band. Sell that many albums today as EZO sold back then, which yeah. wasn't much back then. It'd be number one but on the But it's a lot now. <laughs> yeah, and I'm th- th- that's a great album. Mm-hmm. Like they they put out some great music and I love the stuff. Um, 
I think uh, Yamada, I think the guy's name, and I love the stuff he did with Loudness. Like, he did some albums with them that were pretty cool. Right on. Well, we well, got turned on to some I, Japanese metal not too long ago. I'm a big fan of Sekima too. Have you ever seen any of that? I I listened to the Japanese metal episode. The thing is, with Japanese music, I'm more of a Japanese rock guy than a yeah. Japanese metal guy. So you got to check out Sekima too. They could work like they're no, kiss yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I, I saw awesome. I, I saw the band. I listened to a little bit of them, but the thing is, like, I'm more into like. 70s and 80s Japanese rock band. So there's a band called Passion Rose. They're basically just Japanese Motley Crue. And it's it's fucking killer. It's just... They they look like Motley Crue, but they're Japanese, and they sound like Motley Crue, but like good, not shitty Motley Crue. So it's great. Right on. So we need to have a. What's Japanese up with that, rock Kevin episode. Williams? What about Passion Rose? Yeah, I mean, he really dropped the ball by not mentioning <laughs> Passion Rose. <laughs> Calling you out, Kevin. You were the one person that chimed in and said, "Here's the stuff you missed." Because like yeah. everybody else is like, "I don't know any of these." <laughs> right. right. I was <laughs> like, "You really missed out on the like the awesome." Like I was actually sharing some Japanese music with. Um, Christine Wolf from the from the pop uh, yeah, podcast, right on, and uh, like showing her like some '60s Japanese psychedelic. Oh wow! And like th- like there's there's so much great stuff. The thing about like people immediately write off like, oh, it's Japanese, it's weird. Like no, it's well, yes, it's weird, but it's as weird as American or British music. It's to just anybody else. Yeah, there's it's bas- they're just singing in a different language, but musically, if there's something you like in English, there's probably a Japanese right. equivalent. Oh, totally, right. and totally so. Is. Like I kind of uh, try to, I try to open my mind musically and try to check out stuff from other countries. So I listen to a lot of stuff from Japan, stuff from China, stuff from Korea. I'm trying to find awesome French hair metal. That's like the goal that I've been like working huh. you towards. Talk to BJ. Do you ever listen to Rock and or Roll? I listen to it uh, sometimes. Yeah. He, ask him for anything. He's probably got it. Because right, I, I need. The I'm more like, obscure the better. I just want yeah. some French hair metal. For I some reason, I think that'd some. be awesome. Because he he. He specializes in hair metal that is rare and hard to find. I hope he has. I heard this like cover of "Hide Your Heart" in Russian one time that I thought was rad as shit, and I cannot find it anywhere in the internet, and it's bothering me. Because I asked the White House. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bruno on the rooftop. <laughs> Bruno on the rooftop. <laughs> He's the king of the gulags. <laughs> We're talking a lot about Kiss. Bruno, he's the czar of the rule of the gulag. (laughs) Should rewrite "Hide Your Heart" with a Russian. uh, The translation of the Russian lyrics. Isn't it weird that like the president of the United States has a relationship with uh, Gene Simmons and Dee Snyder? Like anyone else think that's kind of weird? He's also in the Wrestling yeah, Hall cool. of Fame. Yeah, he's in the WWE <laughs> Hall of Fame. That's great. I mean, look, I can't think that of That was a- enough right there to make me vote for him. <laughs> Can you think of any other presidents that have survived the Stone Cold Stunner? I mean, I can't think of no, one. Not any. <laughs> oh, we're not going into politics. I'm just saying like only, only politics spelled with a P A U L. Oh man. But yeah, although the country the Kissed Army is about as divided as the country is right now. Yeah. What's well, well, all right? So, as a younger Kiss fan, what is your take on the uh, on the current state of the band? What do you think of the lip syncing? I think that it is great, and I you know hashtag hot take Troyan. Um, yeah. Here, <laughs> because also the hot take thing is dumb because like my edgy hot take of like thinking the Beatles are the greatest band of all time. Like I'm not just contrarian for the sake of it; it's just my opinions. Um, I think the majority of the earth probably actually agrees with you. Right, but but people say I've got these like hot take bullshit opinions about uh, things. I'm just sometimes like sometimes you do. I mean <laughs> but also you have to remember I grew up uh It's you a know, different point of view though. Yeah. Well think about this. I went to high school from like two thousand four to two thousand and eight and was defending KISS among millennials. <laughs> so like I got just You've used to people I just got used to people thinking my opinions are bullshit. That's yeah. just like so that's why I don't even get phased by it. But anybody that's a KISS fan's gone through that. Yeah, right. No matter what but but right, like exactly. a millennial, like yeah. that that's like hard mode being a KISS fan. When they're like, I-, I like My Chemical Romance and Flyleaf. I'm like, yeah, but have you heard Take It Off? <laughs> <laughs> so, but with with the lip syncing, it is preferable that Kiss does not lip sync. But at this point, Paul cannot sing. Right. Right. It breaks my heart, but he cannot. And he is, like I said earlier, one of the greatest vocalists in rock history. Yes. And he, up to 2006... Like could you know even on the Live to Win tour was still singing great live mm-hmm. and doing very difficult vocal stuff, 
still sounds good in the studio. I know that some people have critiques with Sonic Boom and Monster. I have uh, critiques with the songwriting, but in terms of Paul's performance, I'm totally fine with it. It's raspy, but he's still hitting the right notes. Yeah, I like those right Live, notes. he's not hitting the right notes, mm-hmm. and it's it's painful to listen to. And when I went to go see them um, on the uh, Alive 35 tour, yeah, I was disappointed. Too. Too, I yeah. thought to myself, I shouldn't have spent money on these Kiss tickets. Damn. And... You've you've heard my story about how important Kiss was to my life, right? right. So to regret spending money on Kiss tickets, hard, man. it's hard. And I have uh, friends, um, you know, Stephen Smith, uh, you know, who I do the podcast with, and Stephen Edwards, you know, who you've you know seen on a couple episodes with us. And he's you know a millennial. He's into alt rock and stuff, but he wants to see Kiss on this final tour because he's interested and he's never seen Kiss, nice. and he wants to go for the experience. And I think to myself. Everyone should have the ability to experience a Kiss right. show. And so I got to experience a Kiss show where I was bought I bought into the magic of it. Right. I didn't, you know, know it wasn't the original guys. I just knew it was Kiss and it was magical and it was awesome. Yep, that's exactly like what I was saying on the new noise. The young kids that were you at one point now, you know, that are their parents or their cool uncles or whoever are bringing them to the Kiss show. For their first time, right? Last time, yeah. Would you rather have Paul sounding one hundred percent, or would you have, I, rather I, have him croaking? And up the there? thing is, like you know, if they could, if there was the kind of, if it was like a Millie Vanilli situation where they were never able to sing, although the Millie Vanilli guys actually could sing, and that was a weird situation. But it, you know, if it was like Paul was never a good singer, it'd be one thing. Right. But he's one of the best singers in rock. Right. The reason he can't sing is because he gave it all his all for like True. fifty years. Yeah. But here's my de- my devil's advocate argument, though. Because I'm and I'm, I'm I'm going to the Nashville show. I'm going to go and have fun. I'm not going to be there because that's my wedding anniversary, and uh, I feel like getting laid. You know, at well, some point yeah. in my life after that. So well, it's plenty of time that's after good. the Kiss concert. <laughs> Bring her exactly. down. You know, a little little foreplay with Kiss, and then back on home but and the, celebrate. Um, I, I might hit up like a, one of the nearby shows that, but like on the anniversary, <laughs> put a, that put a, put that a is a little exposed in the that video, is, video. I'm telling you, that player. is that is not happening. If I want a happy <laughs> wife, I'm not going to Kiss on her anniversary. <laughs> But I, I, all I'm going to say... Hit up the Louisville show, Greg. All I'm going to say, though, is the devil's advocate argument, though, is I don't begrudge anybody for not going because of the lip syncing because the, the issue is they're not being honest about it. That's the problem. They've spent the last few years, Gene and Paul, both in interviews talking about how we're what we do is real. We don't agree with backing tracks. We don't agree with anything. And they've spouted off a lot against it. And now they're going out with a show where they're doing it and they're not being honest about it. The, if they would just say, look, if Paul just came out and said, look... My voice isn't what it used to be. I'm having a little help to give the best show I can. I think a lot of people would just forgive it. But how many but casual fans would that turn off? Well, I ain't going to see kids. It, it, I would, saw it would turn off the casual anyway. fans. And it would, and it's a business decision. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you can't begrudge a diehard fan for feeling bitter right. about it, though. I don't, but also they're not, they're not at this point... They're not denying anything. Right. Like they're neither confirming nor denying. They're not commenting on it. Right. And the yeah, thing no about problem. Kiss, I love Kiss, but they're like they've been very hypocritical throughout their career sure. about so many things. They've gone back and forth. Yeah, but they've always played live. They, so this they is, all, right. yeah, this True. is a bit of a sticking. And I know, and Craig Smith is listening right now, so I know his head is exploding from. Me. <laughs> yeah, and look, I mean, Craig. I get it, but I think to myself of, you know, because, like, my stepson has shown interest in going to a Kiss show. And so I'm thinking about the kids who want to experience the magic of it. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying they're getting flack because they haven't been honest about it. Yeah. That's the only thing. Well, I – and I, I agree with that. What, so what saying, I'm saying is... Hey, are you saying you need a couple of babysitters the night of the Kiss show? <laughs> find one more ticket and take this kid to Kiss. <laughs> uh, my buddy that I grew up with will probably end up bailing on me anyway, so I'll have an extra ticket probably. What what, I, what I'm saying is I'm not viewing this show as for the, the diehards. It's not. I'm viewing this as a... last chance for people who never got to experience it to experience it the same way where like you go to a Cirque du Soleil show in Vegas you're going to experience the theatrics the show but you're having to alter your expectations for it to work Right. Right. It's kind of like going to a pro wrestling show where you have to flip the switch in your head and watch it as if it's real to get the full enjoyment of it. And when it's over, you turn off that switch and go, mm-hmm. that was a fun show because right. that was But I mean, this whole thing. I'm know? still looking forward to going and seeing an entertaining show and hearing a bunch of songs that I like. So yeah. I don't but I, I saying but I don't begrudge people that don't want to go and they're unhappy about it. That's fine. Yeah, no, I don't I don't begrudge anyone for not wanting to go. 
but I, as as a younger fan who you know, especially with my perspective of if I had gone a tour later, I would not be a music fan. The magic wouldn't be in my life. Like I I totally get that. And I totally get, you know, the whole, like, uh, the show must go on, the sleight of hand of the, the magician, mm, yeah. where the magician doesn't reveal how they do their tricks. Or the painter opening up the show. <laughs> or the painter opening up the show. But I, I, I think the, the magic for the new fans is worth the old fans who were already angry and bitter anyway. Oh, I'm sure that's angry. why they went forward with it. Yeah. They're like, well, you know, we're probably not going to get you guys in the building anyway, so we're just going to do this. Well, I mean, that's what they've been doing all along anyway. It's not no. like they've been, other than the Kiss Cruises, they, not busting out a lot yeah, of tracks. They, but like, it, hey, they're doing Hide Your Heart, which is which is super cool, cool for me. It is pretty but cool. But they haven't really catered to the diehards in a long time. It's it, No. This isn't new. I mean, they 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 cater to the, the tire kicker fan that, like oh I've heard of Kiss. Well, I'd like to go see them. they want to they, they, they cater to my their, dad. They want to lay their legacy to the people that have never heard them before, yeah. but may have peripherally picked up well, something over the years, and they want to play to like you said, your dad, the the guy who band. owns Rock and Roll Over, but doesn't own the whole catalogs. Right. Like yeah, I right. like Kiss. I'll go to a show. Yeah, know most of the songs. Well, and financially, it's worked for them. I mean, they're selling well. Yeah. But for those of us who struggled through the 90s with them when they were playing right. fucking hotel ballrooms, it feels yeah. kind of shitty. It's like, play a fucking rare song once in a while, damn it. It's not going to kill you. Yeah, I mean, there's there's <laughs> there's room in the set to do it. Do one rotating, that's like, what, what obscure they, song that's what we said. spot. Pick, pick, like, ten songs and yeah, say, you know, you know Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer can knock them out. Right. You know that Gene's been in practice because he's been out there with... Ryan and Phil and mm. and Jeremy and those guys and there's enough Memorex tape for Paul and there's enough me- <laughs> <laughs> just pull the old tapes the old ass tape is it, it Paul Stanley or is it Memorex right. oh we know the answer <laughs> <laughs> and then just have it like every city you just have one weird song yeah, in the just middle trade it for out. people it's not- just to be like what do you th- and then when it's all said and done what do people talk about well in my town mm-hmm. they, they played the oath yeah you know in I mean, my the- town they played you know anything for my baby, right? You know what? Is the crowd really going wild for a hundred thousand years? In we my really? town, they played "Don't Touch My Ascot," and it was great. <laughs> That's what you get. That's the Torpedo Dudes. And I got to give a shout out to uh, Pete LaRussa and the guys in Space Beard for our awesome theme oh, song. Oh, man. I love that theme song so much. And I appreciate everything they did. They went into a studio to actually record that. I know. So it's, really incredible. It's so cool. I love it. Love them. So I've got a little bit of news for uh, Rock and Pod Expo. Yes. I could feel it in the air, man. I knew it was time. And I thought I would give – I'm going to give you guys, the Decibel Geek faithful, a, uh, a little bit more information than what I've announced so far. Because what I, we've already announced as of this recording, we announced the dates. That's all yes. we've announced so far. Rock and Pod 2019 will happen on August 9th and 10th. The Friday night will be the 9th. That will be a pre-party concert. And then uh, all, the next day will be the expo on the 10th. The venue, which I have not announced yet, is the Nashville Airport Marriott. And uh, don't book your room just yet, because when I announce next Friday all of this officially, there will be a code that you can book your room through that will get you a discounted rate. Right. And then it lumps us all right together. Yes. And uh, that's the best way to fund the expo is to book a room for those two nights. It'll be the coolest floor in the whole Marriott. And also the pre-party concert will be on site at the hotel at, in the in the ballroom. So you won't have to go to another venue or anything for the pre-party concert. It's all going to be on site. I love that so much because yeah. you can party hard the night before yep. and then still drag yourself up for the expo the next day. And it's just downstairs. It's going to be a lot of fun. Last year I went home, got up showered and all that stuff and drove all the way back into nashville none of that this year that's awesome yeah come down and join us stay for both nights as i said i'll announce the group rate uh next week with a special code you can put in but yeah i'm working on guests i'm working on bands for the pre-party it's it's going to be huge the expo will be different this year 
Um, we will have podcasts on site that are registering. We're also going to have an education track in a different room where if you're interested in becoming a music podcast or just a podcaster in general, we're going to have speakers and workshops telling you how to do it. If you're already a podcaster, it's worth doing that because you're going to get tips and tricks on building your social media, getting more downloads, getting more, uh, you know, getting press releases out there. I'm going to have a special panel about podcasting fashion. Oh boy. It's going to be great. Bring your silver jacket. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the that's going to be the venue, and uh, I'll be announcing you know podcast registration, ticketing, all that stuff will be next week. It's done, being done differently this year, but I think everyone's going to really enjoy how we do it this time. I'm so excited, man! I can't wait for more and more announcements to come out. It's going to get so exciting as we get closer yeah. and closer and closer to those dates, August 9th and 10th. So don't book the room yet, not yet. But go ahead and tell your bosses you're not going to be there those yeah. days. You can plan your travel now. You're going to be in Music City with us. Yeah, go ahead and block out your vacation time and uh, get ready to come to Nashville. It's going to be fun. Shoot, yeah, I can't wait for that. So, as always, you guys, just stay tuned with us. If you don't like us on Facebook yet, you better get on there and do it because a lot of the announcements are going to be released through there. So, you know, get on over there. Coxie's running the Facebook Mm -hmm. page for us. And, man, he's been killing it over there. He's putting all kinds of cool stuff on. People are responding to it, conversating about it, and that's what it's all about on our Facebook page, getting rock and rollers together and getting them talking to each other, forging friendships through the power of rock and roll and Facebook and Facebook and of course don't forget Decibel Geek TV over on the YouTube we got Rock and Ron Runyon he's captaining the ship over there and making things happen brand new videos up by Mike Tramp that's Mm -hmm. really cool Um, he's got this Wolfpack thing going on in Denver that's pretty damn awesome you want to check that out and all the other cool things going on Decibel Geek TV on YouTube do that Instagram Twitter Facebook everywhere and of course of course decibelgeek.com that's where it all originates from that's where we got all our awesome journalists i mean they're still out there so they're still cranking out the articles the reviews the concert experiences the photographs all that cool stuff it all goes down at decibelgeek.com and uh is there a website yet for rock and pod well it's rockandpod.com but right now there's just a splash page on there because we're building a new version of the website also that will be unveiled next week yeah so keep checking back on that too because that thing i'm told it's is pretty cool pretty cool yeah that's what i heard bigger better cooler it's gonna be gonna be year three and we're going bigger and better shoot yeah i'm so excited mm. at the steve marriott memorial hotel <laughs> right here in music city i love that you came up with that come celebrate the rock and roll with us yeah but uh so as we said before you know i hope you enjoyed torpedo dudes sign up on patreon if you like that it's available at the lowest at the dollar tier so yeah. easy to get access make it easy to. for you and i uh, hope you enjoyed torpedo dudes this week well this is it chris yep last time we're gonna last be talking on mics in the studio. studio well this has been awesome yep the show rolls on. We'll have a whole new studio next time. Yeah, we will. Thanks, right. guys. See ya. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.